0: The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition. Hello, I'm Kimberly King, and welcome to the Mother's Market podcast, a show dedicated to the truth, beauty, and goodness of the human condition. On today's episode... Some doctors are using hypnosis to help their patients who are suffering from all kinds of ailments, from anxiety to depression to eating disorders and drug addiction. Learn how hypnosis can be a safe and effective way to help your loved ones who may need help in their personal battles. Joining us today is Dr. Ron Anbar, and he's a board certified in both pediatric pulmonology and general pediatrics, offering hypnosis and counseling services at CenterPoint Medicine in Poya, California and Syracuse, New York. Dr. Anbar is a fellow, approved consultant, and past president of the American Society of Clinical Hypnosis. In addition to his pediatric hypnosis work, Dr. Anbar served as a professor of pediatrics and medicine and the director of pediatric pulmonology at Sunny Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York for 21 years. And we welcome him to the Mother's Market podcast. Dr. Anbar, how are you?
1: I'm great. Thank you very
0: much for having me. Thanks for being here today. Boy, what an impressive intro here and your your background. Why don't you fill our audience in a little bit of your mission and your work before we get to to the show topic?
1: So I'm a pediatric pulmonologist, as you said, and 24 years ago, I ran into a patient with asthma who uh, uh, was very allergic to milk products. And when he uh, imagined, he told me that when he smells cheeseburgers, he develops asthma attacks, which I thought was rather strange when I came to imagine eating a cheeseburger, he developed an asthma attack in front of me. And I was shocked at how he could do such a thing. And it turned out he was doing a form of hypnosis at the time. And that got me interested. The question that immediately came to mind is, if you can think your way into illness, can you think your way out? And that's how I got involved in the hypnosis world.
0: Fascinating. Wow. Well, today we're talking about hypnosis and how hypnosis can help children. And so Dr. Angar, you're a pediatric pulmonologist. How did you start treating patients with hypnosis?
1: Well, once I had that first patient who uh, thought his way into an asthma attack, I thought to send him to somebody who might be able to teach him hypnosis. And I found a psychologist who would work with him, but my patient didn't want to go see him. He said, "Um, I'd rather work with you. And so um, I said, I don't know much about hypnosis, but I can find out. And I went and talked to my friend, uh, uh, one of the psychiatrists at Upstate, we used to work. And he uh, led me, gave me some direction of how I can learn about hypnosis. And I did. And then I started practicing with this one patient. And that's how I started learning.
0: That's so interesting. Um, so talk to me. Um, what is hypnosis? What, can you explain, go back in, in time a little bit and talk to us What those? What is hypnosis? Sure.
1: Uh, Sure. It's easy to say what hypnosis is not. It's not sleep. When you do hypnosis, you know what's going on. You can stop at any time. It's not mind control. Unlike what you see on stage hypnosis, it's not like a hypnotherapist telling you, you will do this or that. And therefore, uh, you will do what I tell you. And it's not unusual. Uh, People do hypnosis all the time. They just don't realize it. For example, if you ever daydream in a boring lecture, that's a form of hypnosis. If you've ever driven on a highway and gone three miles and said, how did I get here? You've been in hypnosis. So hypnosis is a state of mind where you're typically focused on something other than here and now, where you're more suggestible. And so you can either receive suggestions from a clinician or give suggestions to yourself.
0: It's so interesting. How is hypnosis different than meditation? Is there, can you talk about that a little bit?
1: That's a great question. So both hypnosis and meditation involve uh, changing your mindset. Uh, meditation, you generally are focused on a mantra or your breathing, so focus on a single thing. And the purpose of meditation is to um, just quiet your mind for a period of time even 30 minutes twice a day. And meditation can be very effective. In fact, after uh, two months of meditation, use regularly, your brain structure actually change. Mm-hmm. But hypnosis is very different. It's not about quieting your mind. It's about uh, choosing a goal and using that mind state, the hypnotic mind state to enact change in yourself.
0: So we have to do a little bit of work in there as well. Um, what what is that right?
1: You do have to do work, but it's at least in children, where I work mostly with children, it's very fast work. You can accomplish in a few minutes great changes in the child's uh, feelings and, and symptoms.
0: So when and why is hypnosis a better option for children and young adults?
1: I believe after working with hypnosis for more than two decades that the vast majority of people and children with chronic illness can benefit from hypnosis. And the reason for that is that psychology is involved with most people. Either people have developed, for example, anxiety or depression related to their symptoms, or sometimes the patient's psychological issue causes development of symptoms. In either case, learning how to manage or self-manage your psychology can help you feel better, sometimes a lot better, or even resolve your symptoms. So. Uh, children and young adults, actually all people can benefit from hypnosis if there's something in their life they don't have full control over. And importantly, though, they need to want to improve because hypnosis, as I mentioned earlier, is something you do for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so if you, you need to intend to help yourself in order to gain benefits.
0: It's is so interesting. So um, how can I tell if my symptoms are caused or aggravated by how I feel?
1: So first of all, if when you get upset, your symptoms get worse, then you know there's, your symptoms are aggravated. That's pretty obvious. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: but if your symptoms happen in certain times and, or locations, uh, sometimes that's a hint that they uh, might be uh, because of something psychological. I remember one young lady developed hives every Wednesday at school. Mm-hmm. And her uh, family thought there was some allergen or something in the school building that she was getting allergic to. And they did a lot of searching in this school. Turned out what she was quote unquote allergic to was her math test on Friday. And uh-huh. as she became stressed, she developed hives on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And so once uh-huh. we realized the stress was causing it, teaching her self-hypnosis to calm herself helped resolve the symptoms.
0: Wow. I love your examples. It really, it does, you know, makes me feel better for these poor kids that are, you know, suffering and especially in the world we live in today, it seems. Um, how, How can hypnosis help cope better with COVID related symptoms and other types of stress?
1: So one of the important things to understand about stress is that you can have many stressful things around you but it doesn't mean you have to become stressed as a result of it. Each one of us can be in control of our own stressed reaction. So in the case of COVID, many reasons to be stressed. There's a fear of becoming sick. There's a fear that you might get sick and infect one of your loved ones. There's a fear that you may not see your friends or, or not do well in school if you're in school because you're doing online work. So lots of potential sources from from COVID related stress. So, how do you deal with it? Well, with hypnosis, you can start by learning how to calm yourself. You can also learn to look at things differently. So, people become stressed when they think about events in a stressful fashion. For example, if you think, hmm, I might die from COVID, that's a stressful thought. You can learn to rephrase that. So, rather than thinking of the worst scenario, think, well, probably I'll do just fine with COVID. Most people have recovered well, even if they get the COVID illness or, you know, when I get my COVID immunizations, then I'll be safe. So you can think about things in a positive way and then the stress level doesn't start to rise and actually goes down.
0: So it's that self-talk too, like you're talking about and just making sure that you have triggers to talk yourself out of being stressed.
1: Right. So again, our reaction to stress is in our control and it's based on our self-talk. So if, and and you can use hypnosis to plant the self-thought. So if you're telling yourself while in hypnosis, I'm safe, I will heal well. um, I will become stronger as a result of dealing with the COVID pandemic issues, that happens.
0: I love that. Boy, we can all use that uh, turning around of that self-talk, we can be so negative. What kind of medical conditions can hypnosis help with?
1: Well, I I don't want to sound Pollyannish, but it can affect, it can improve any medical condition because psychology occurring in humans with brains um, means that any medical condition affects your psychology and hence hypnosis can help. So for example, in my line of work of, as a pulmonologist, hypnosis can help calm children who have asthma or shortness of their breath, or if they have a lot of coughing, they can learn to turn, make that better. But outside of that, irritable bowel syndrome responds very well uh, to hypnosis. Uh, chronic headaches, migraines respond well to hypnosis. In fact, in children, hypnosis has been shown to work better than medications for chronic migraines. Uh, wow. Pain conditions of various kinds respond well. Uh, to hypnosis, uh, arthritis. Uh, skin condition, eczema um, improves because if you think about if stress can worsen your symptoms, then hypnosis can help reduce your stress reaction and your symptoms will improve.
0: Wow. what is there a certain age that people can start with hypnosis?
1: I have uh, used hypnosis in children as young as three years of age. It takes a different form than in in an older child or an adolescent than something adults. Um, An example, in a three-year-old, I will tell a story. Uh, One child, for example, was very fearful of her bandages being removed after her surgery. And I told her the story of the three little pigs and when the wolf huffed and puffed, she was so focused on the story, she didn't even notice the bandages coming up. That's a three-year-old
0: <laughs> hypnosis.
1: And, and a five-year-old yeah. hypnosis might be, uh, give them a magic rock that when they hold, they feel confident and calm. That's a five-year-old hypnosis. And as you get older, you, you change the, uh, the way you might suggest to do hypnosis in a way that works best for that child. One of the keys for doing hypnosis well is to match the therapy with the patient you're working with. So it's not one size fits all.
0: That's a, that's the key. I can uh, I can absolutely see that. You got to meet people where they're at. You've been giving some great examples, um, but with, do you have any others about some of the best results you've seen?
1: I've got about thousands of best results. <laughs> really, I would tell you that 85... Well, actually when I first started doing hypnosis, about 85% of the children that I worked with improved. And I looked at the remaining 15%, they're the ones who weren't so sure they wanted to do it. And at that point, when I first started, I thought that the words of hypnosis are the magic. It's not, the magic is in the child, him or herself. So at this point, I won't even do hypnosis with somebody who's not sure. And so my success rate, or the children's success rate is 95, 98%. Some dramatic examples. Well, there was one girl I saw who had uh, vocal cord dysfunction. Vocal cord dysfunction involves the vocal cords that will close. When you take a breath in, your vocal cords is supposed to open, let air in. But sometimes, especially in high-achieving teenage girls, the vocal cords will close, and then you can't breathe. So this girl, who was from a different state from where I was at, had been through many doctors, and nobody could help her. And she couldn't run because every time she ran, uh, her breathing would close off. Uh, She had her tonsils out, and that Mm. didn't help. And then they were going to do Botox injections into her Mm. throat, um, into her vocal cords. But fortunately, her dad contacted me at that point. I said, no, hypnosis should work. So she actually flew from out of the state. I saw her, and in one session, she learned to calm herself, and she was cured. And vocal cord dysfunction is one of the symptoms that Mm -hmm. gets that improves right away. Not all symptoms improve that dramatically, but that was a dramatic example. I have many others. Wow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I love all of these examples. and and nothing. So I'll probably ask you a couple more as we go through this interview. We have to take a quick break, but this is so interesting, doctor. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Stay with us. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Mother's Market Podcast. And we want to remind you that if you missed any portion of today's show, you can find us on iTunes by searching Mother's Market or download the show from our website, mothersmarket.com. Click the link for podcast and listen to past shows. Plus download our healthy recipes and money savings coupons, all available at mothersmarket.com. And now back to our interview with Dr. Ron Anbar, and we're talking about how hypnosis can help children. And so Dr. Anbar, this has been really interesting information and I appreciate you really opening up the behind the scenes on this. A lot of people, or do they ask you in the community, the medical community, are they skeptical about hypnotism and because of what we see on stages and what's out there, talk to me a little bit about that.
1: Sure. If they haven't heard about it as a medical tool, they're skeptical. I remember when I first started, one of my good friends said, don't call it hypnosis. They'll think you're a voodoo doctor. And I said, well, I'm going to call it what it is and I'll explain it to people, which is what I'm doing today. And I've done through the last couple of decades. So, um, you know, if you haven't been exposed to, and I think I would have been skeptical had, had I heard about it before I learned about it, because it sounds kind of odd. I think that most people these days will acknowledge that psychology is part of um, patients' symptoms. So I think the, the vast, the, most clinicians will know that. And so the length they have to understand is hypnosis is a good self-regulation tool. And when we don't have that many other tools, you can do talk therapy, um, you can do cognitive behavioral therapy, but those tend to be um, take a while to improve. And generally people will say, well, I don't have a psychological issue. I have a medical issue. So they're not open to that kind of thing. On the other mm-hmm. hand, when I offer to teach hypnosis, I can teach someone to do it in five or 10 minutes and they get significant benefit wow. very quickly. Sometimes in one session, sometimes two or three, but they will see benefit within a few weeks of using hypnosis, that's the vast majority. So the patients buy into it pretty quickly. The medical community tends to be slower, but once they see their patients getting better, they don't argue anymore and they-
0: That's great. Do you see, are there a lot of other physicians that treat patients with hypnosis?
1: Not nearly enough. Um, I've had been privileged to train a few physicians, um, actually quite a few physicians, but it's, it's just a drop in the bucket for all the patients who could benefit. Um, so, um You know one of the there, there, there's a great need to train many more physicians, and I'm actually working on that. One of my goals is to develop a franchise system of my practice so I can teach other physicians uh, to mm. learn about hypnosis and teach hypnosis to their patients. And so hopefully over the next next couple of decades, we see a lot more people having access to this kind of therapy.
0: I love your idea with the franchise. I think, you know, teaching the masses, that's great. Um, you talked a little bit about anxiety and especially with children, but and we're coming out of a pandemic. How can hypnosis help with anxiety?
1: So anxiety is, first of all, a normal thing. Everybody experiences anxiety. And anxiety by itself is not necessarily bad because it makes you more cautious and makes you more thoughtful, so that's a good thing. It becomes an, a, a disorder or a problem if, if it becomes overwhelming. So mm. hypnosis can help with anxiety by uh, teaching kids how to use imagery or breathing um, to calm themselves. That's the first thing. I teach them how to figure a relaxation response um, by making a hand signal, like thumbs up or the peace sign. And so mm. they rehearse that with hypnosis and then If they, when they feel anxious, they just calm themselves very quickly. And I tell them you do that multiple times a day, as much as you need. And then something else that I do that uh, I'm teaching a lot of people to do is to help the child learn to contact their subconscious, their inner self, the part of themselves that they're not usually aware of. And I've found the subconscious is for most kids as a source of great wisdom and knowledge and can help calm them. I've found that the, I've actually done personality tests on the subconscious, comparing to the child's conscious self, and usually the subconscious is much calmer. So you find this part of the child that's mm-hmm. calm and help them learn to access that part of themselves, which is a wonderful way of dealing with anxiety.
0: That's wonderful. It does. It's amazing the transformation of what you've seen. What is your argument for hypnosis over prescription medicine? You talked a little bit about that, but can you go into that into more detail?
1: Sure. Well, America, unfortunately, society, well, doctor, give me a pill for that. I don't want any effort. Yeah. Yeah. Well, prescription medicines, first of all, cost money and have side effects uh, and um, also makes you dependent on something external. I believe that learning that you can control yourself is very empowering. It's far beyond your anxiety or your medical symptoms. When you learn, you can help yourself. What a powerful message that is to teach a child or an adult for that matter. Um, Prescription medicines don't solve how you think. If you think very negatively, your prescription medicine is not gonna make you think better. So you're still gonna be creating your own stress and anxiety. When you learn to do hypnosis and think in a positive way, you're changing your life and, and you're doing it in a, in a way that a medication cannot help.
0: I love that. It's probably my favorite thing I've heard you say so far, but it is it teaches everybody life skills in the future and especially that you're working with children. What other holistic options do you recommend to patients?
1: Well, I think that there are uh, many ways in which to um, help yourself. Um, So uh, yoga, I think is a wonderful skill, um, which involves mind and body. Um, Biofeedback is an interesting um, way. The problem with biofeedback is that, uh, so what biofeedback and hypnosis are similar in that they both cause a mind change, but biofeedback depends on equipment Uh, Measuring some response, your heart rate, your breathing rate. Um, So, you need to be hooked up to the equipment for the biofeedback, free to learn how, free to teach your body how to react to calm yourself. Um, I don't know that much about nutrition um, and plant medicine, but there's a whole lot of uh, interest in that. And that's, again, a non pharmaceutical way of, of helping yourself. And I I think if we can avoid medications and get equal or better benefit, we should avoid medications for the reasons I stated earlier.
0: Well, and that goes right into my next question is that, do you see a combination of traditional medicine along with hypnosis?
1: Sure, I don't think of hypnosis as an alternative medicine. I would think about it as a complementary medicine. So if you have cancer, for example, I'm not gonna tell you do hypnosis instead of your chemotherapy. However, I'm gonna suggest, yeah, you should learn hypnosis because if you have cancer, first of all, your attitude makes a big difference. We know that people with positive attitudes seem to have a better outcome with cancer than those with negative attitudes. Secondly, there's a lot of discomforts associated with having cancer and it's therapy. You can use hypnosis to uh, counteract some of those discomforts. Uh, For example, there was a study came out about nausea associated with chemotherapy, and when you learn hypnosis, you have much less nausea with chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. So I think hypnosis, for example, should be offered to all cancer patients upon diagnosis because there's so many applications to it.
0: Boy, I agree with you, and you're right. Let's start everything they say starts in your mind, right? It starts in your head. What are we telling ourselves? So I, I think that's great. Are you the only? So we talked a. Little- little bit about how you would love to start the franchise. So as I ask, if you're the only doctor that does this, I would love to see you move on and, and, you know, work on that franchise, but what should a potential patient ask when they're looking for a doctor like yours?
1: So, I mean, there are a few other pediatricians, a handful of other pediatricians around the country doing this. There are many adult uh, phys- physicians that treat adults I shouldn't say many, there's probably dozens and dozens of such positions, but I don't know if there are hundreds of them. Um, what you want to look in somebody who does hypnosis, somebody who can treat your condition um, without hypnosis. There are people who call themselves hypnotists out there, and they've learned hypnosis could have been a weekend workshop, could have been several workshops, but they're not really qualified to do medical care. So, Uh, For example, even though I can help you treat your pain, I'm not going to pull out your tooth. I don't know what to do if your gum still keeps bleeding. I'm not a dentist. So (laughs) if you're going to need hypnosis for dental work, go to a dentist. If you need hypnosis because you have uh, anxiety, Mm -hmm. trigger asthma, go to a pulmonologist. So the practitioner who um, is doing hypnosis should be able to treat your condition without um, the uh, hypnosis. And you wanna make sure that they've gotten, gotten good training. So for example, there's a, a few professional societies uh, in this world who are very good and give professional training, including the American Society of Clinical Hypnosis, uh, the Society for Experimental uh, and Clinical Hypnosis, International Society of Hypnosis, there are three to name. There's also the Ericksonian Society. So you wanna make sure that, uh, that whoever is working with you has if it's for a medical condition, has trained with one of these professional societies.
0: That's great, thank you for that. I know people are gonna be really interested. How long do your sessions typically last?
1: Um, My intake sessions, when I first meet a patient, they last for an hour. My follow-ups are 30 to 45 minutes. Um, The average patient that I see with a a medical condition, I meet four or five times, sometimes just once or twice, sometimes longer. If they've got dealing with anxiety or depression, then sometimes we are looking at 10 or 15 sessions on average. And there's obviously exceptions.
0: Wow. Well, this has been very interesting, doctor. We thank you so much for coming on today and talking to us and sharing your information. Um, And, you know, I want to make sure that we give our audience um, a way to get in touch with you. And that is dranbar.com, A-N-B-A-R. And then your new book, Congratulations, Changing Children's Lives with Hypnosis, A Journey to the Center. So you can look for that on his website. We also look forward to having you on on our next visit. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: If you want to learn more health information, check out mothersmarket.com. Get delicious recipes and health guidelines to keep your body in great shape.